Welcome, everyone, to the Football Ramblings podcast, where we talk football and we talk a whole lot of shit. And tonight, I'm a little fired up about week two of the preseason and what I saw out of the Carolina Panthers, and I am going to absolutely rip that shit apart. Uh, but I'm going to lead off here with Philip and let Philip lead it off. What did you see from Tampa Bay? What do you think of week two of the preseason? Yeah, so not a big fan of uh, what I saw uh, so far this preseason. Not just in week two, but week one as well. Um, you know, week one I saw some poor tackling, just bad, like, technique when it comes to tackling. And for a while, there were a few years where it was basically, you know, all Tampa Bay was trying to do or, or was just shoulder check people just to get them down but you know oftentimes in the nfl when you shove your shoulder into somebody if you don't have a whole lot of momentum they just bounce right off of you right and they keep going and last year we did i didn't see a whole lot of that um actually the year before either with uh bruce arians i didn't see him uh his first year uh didn't see a whole lot of poor tackling like that but i did see it in the first week of the preseason for Tampa Bay. And then the second week here, obviously it's preseason Tampa Bay went 34 to three. They lost that game pretty bad there, which it's preseason. It doesn't count thankfully, but you don't want to see your team score three points all throughout. That's typically a sign of, you know, some ugly decisions, um, some turnovers more than likely, and uh, just inconsistency, inefficiency, uh, just bad football all around for the most part. Uh, so I didn't really like seeing what I saw from Tampa Bay there. Um, even if you're not really playing your starters, you'd think at some point, you know, your backups are playing other backups. And, you know, there's no real excuse for going an entire preseason game with three points. Well, tell me, Phil, who, who's your backup quarterback down there? Yeah, so uh, take your pick. We got four. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's right. That's four. I don't know what our plans are going into the season. Um, 53 roster spots, having four of those as a quarterback, that's uh, a little bit uh, questionable to me. I feel like somebody's going to get cut, whether that would be Blaine Gabbert or Ryan Griffin. And maybe even Tom Brady. I know, uh, I know that's, that's there, but I think he's, you know, on the chopping block, you know, he's getting older and we just don't know what to expect from Tom Brady. Uh, obviously that one's a joke there. Um, but we also drafted uh, Kyle Trask in the second round this year. I think he's safe just because of the draft capital that we spent on him. Um, so I think Blaine Gabbert or Ryan Griffin is uh either going to go to the practice squad or just straight up re uh, released there. Um, but all three of them played. Um, now the starter was Blaine Gabbert and he didn't play a whole lot. Um, he's our primary backup. So I think he was just there for one series or a couple of series really. You know what Blaine Gabbert kind of reminds me of? I don't mean to interrupt you, but Blaine Gabbert 
It's kind of like Sam Darnold. You know what I'm saying? He was on a bad team. He was uh, a bad quarterback. And then there's this belief that he's going to go to another team. And it was the situation down there in Jacksonville. That's why he sucked, right? Same thing. Sam Darnold, he sucked with the Jets because it was a bad team, right? And we got him in Carolina, and he's our fucking savior. Um, go ahead, Philip. I don't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. That's That that name just kind of – the correlation kind of made sense to me there. Go ahead. What else you got? No, that was, uh, that was it for the most part. You know, Blaine Gabbert, the reason why he's on our team here is because he was already familiar with um, Bruce Arians – offense uh over in arizona if i'm not mistaken um now ryan griffin believe it or not ryan griffin is the first tampa bay quarterback to sign a second contract with tampa bay the very first quarterback so tampa bay came into the league in 1976 and he's the first quarterback that we have signed to a second contract i just want to point that out for everybody and how we're ridiculous that sounds it's absolute horseshit wow that is uh i i did not know that that is an interesting stat um you know you guys famously i believe you guys had steve young at one time and you got rid of him right sent him to 49ers yeah yeah and then he uh performed some magic down there so some real great decision making there (laughs) And you guys also, if I'm going to go even further back, because uh, prior to Carolina coming to the Carolinas in 1995, which I did, in fact, see them in their first season where they played in Clemson, the college stadium, before their stadium was even built. Uh, That's how far back I go with the Carolina Panthers. But prior to that, everybody in this area, you either were a Redskins fan or you were a Cowboys fan. I was a Redskins fan. And a little bit of the history was uh, good old Doug Williams. What you know about him? I don't know a whole lot about Doug Williams, to be completely honest with you. That's a little bit before my time. So Doug Williams was also a Tampa Bay quarterback that went to the Redskins and literally had one of the greatest performances of all time in the Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl in the, I believe it was the early 80s. He won them a Super Bowl. He was, he might've been the first actually uh, black quarterback to, to win. I, I, I could be wrong in the history books, but uh, he was definitely one of the first. He was, I remember him, he had like this Warren Moon style also. I hate to compare him to another one, but he just threw the prettiest ball you've ever seen. That tight spiral, that deep ball, and he lit him up in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think at the time, he might have had the most uh, passing yards of any quarterback uh, in the early 80s. I forgot who they played, but yeah, he, he, he brought the Redskins ring. And he came from Tampa Bay also. So you guys gave birth to two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that went to other teams to win those rings. So there's another little highlight for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a good highlight. You know what else is a good highlight? Is uh, they are the worst team, worst professional sports team ever in history. They have the worst win percentage. So uh, minus this past year and uh, a few years in the Dungy era, it's uh, not a good not a good choice to be a Tampa Bay fan. But uh, hopefully we'll change that around um, for the better. Obviously, we started last year. Hopefully we can keep that streak going. Streak of one. <laughs> 
Well, well, I mean, the Dungey area, you know, you guys were really good with Dungey, but you couldn't quite get there. And, I, you know, I remember the Mike Allstott and uh, Work Done days, you know, I always liked that, those teams. And you were close, and then you got Chucky over there who took it home. And Brad Johnson, I, I think Brad Johnson was also a backup quarterback on, like, the Vikings prior to coming to you guys and managed to uh, get that ring there. So you did you did actually get a ring, which is more than I can say for the Panthers since 1995. We have not been able to get that ring, put in the dance twice, but have not been able to bring it home. Uh, you guys have a, a, a longer history than, than we do, but uh, we're, we're, we're miles apart as far as uh, you guys are possibly going to win a second ring. And uh, based on what I saw in the preseason, we're still miles away. What I saw in the preseason from the Panthers was kind of what I highlighted in the uh, previous podcast was we are hiding Sam Darnold. I call him check down Darnold. Uh, I was talking to a friend while the game was on. I said, hey, is check down Darnold going to play today? Because he doesn't see him see Christian McCaffrey was not going to play. And I was like, okay, who's he going to check it down to? And uh, as I said that in text message, he completed this 10-yard pass, which was a very simple uh, comeback route on the, on the side that he, uh, Robbie Anderson, that he stared him down the whole time. He literally hiked the ball, took three steps back, and waited for him. I think he pumped literally fucking three times uh, just in anticipation of, oh, my God, can I get rid of the ball? Can I get rid of the ball? Uh, he was literally shitting his pants sitting in the pocket and he managed to uh once he once the ball left his hand it was a nice ball but um it was clearly a design play to get him a little confidence he completed the 10 yard pass we ran the ball a few times effectively we got down close to the uh end zone uh they gave him another opportunity i believe he, I don't, he sat in the pocket sat in the pocket and he threw the ball about 10 yards over the goal post uh away uh, that was his two passes. He was one for two. Uh, my buddy, after he completed that 10-yard pass, was like, check down Darnold who? And I didn't bother rubbing it in further than that after uh, we also missed the field goal from about – no, I, I think we went for it on fourth down. I think we were on the two-yard line, and we just tried to grind it in, and we couldn't get it there, uh, which is also a big – Big deal from a couple of years ago when Christian McCaffrey couldn't get it in from one yard out on fourth down. I think two separate times. He's not a power running back, guys. That's the deal, and that's why I like uh, last year. I can't remember the Smith guy or whatever his name was. He was a more of a power running back that stepped in when Christian McCaffrey went down. We lost him in free agency. He went somewhere else, uh, and Hubbard, who uh, is number two on the list, I believe. Uh, he's not a power back either. So you got two backs that are similar styles. So I, I don't, I don't really know what they're going for here. Again, I question the coaching staff as well. It's always great to have that power back. That's going to get you one or two yards. Uh, we had a, we had that power back a few years ago and I can't recall his name, but I called him the bowling ball. And, and that's kind of what he did. He could get you those one or two yards when it was third and one or uh, fourth and one. Just uh, blew it up the middle and got it. So I, I still think they're hiding Sam Darnold. I think he his confidence is rattled. 
uh, from from either New York or just the fact that he was drafted, got to the pro game and realized, oh, shit, I am not on this level and just kind of made it do again. As you say, the draft capital you use on someone gives them a lot of years of being around because Will Greer for us took over after those two passes we allowed Sam Darnold to play. And the only thing Will Greer is good at is growing his hair long. That's the only thing he does well. It was a poor choice in draft capital. He has the body of a quarterback, but simply cannot execute. And that's why I'm a P.J. Walker guy. Uh, later on in that game, he came in. You know, you got you got third and fourth stringers. What are you going to do? They, they started Will Greer before P.J. Walker just to give him the opportunity to try to uh, show that he has some skills for the NFL game. And uh, we didn't score any points. Obviously, we got three total points for the game. So I don't know that we'll even keep Will Greer. But it, the fact that we spent a first or second round draft pick on him may very well keep him around for one more year. He is cheap. So I don't know if they're going to decide to keep three quarterbacks or not. But the Panthers, overall, we could not get – get off the fucking field on third down, which is what we did for the previous two or three years. We can't fucking get off the field on third down, and that is brutal. I don't give a fuck what kind of defense you got. When you can't get off the field on third down, you get exhausted. And when you get exhausted, you cannot perform at your potential, and you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. And that's exactly what I saw. I know it's a preseason game, but all I saw was a starting quarterback that we didn't want to let play, that we say this bullshit kind of stuff. Oh, he played a lot in the scrimmages. He played a lot. He played a hundred snaps in the scrimmages. They like to highlight this shit. If you listen to the announcers, like, oh, he's been working. Oh, he's ready to go. He's been playing fucking scrimmages. Yeah, right. What the fuck ever, dude. They've been playing scrimmages since the beginning of football. Okay, tough scrimmages. This is part of getting ready for the game. But we don't want to let him play. So we'll see what happens in game three. Everything seems kind of opposite of what we're used to. We're used to seeing the starters play a little bit in the beginning of the first one or two games. And then after that, it's all, let's see who can make the team. So this is a little backwards. Uh, we'll see if Sam Darnold is going to play in week three. We'll see if Christian McCaffrey is going to play in week three. It does add a whole nother element when you allow Christian McCaffrey to play when he is a probably a top three running back in the league when he's healthy. So I get it. Uh, we have some definite pieces. Again, offensive line looked like shit during the game. We haven't addressed that ever, ever. We got the blindside guy in 2015, which Wayne, who is also on this podcast, totally trashed because he came from the Ravens, but he said he was overrated. Well, we went to a Super Bowl with that guy. It was our right tackle and our right protection that killed us with Vaughn Miller coming around. Personally, I put that on the coaches. They got to know you got to be doing that chip block coming out of the, you know, the, the running back out of the backfield has got to be putting a chip on Vaughn Miller or something. And coaching screwed us in that game as well. We were heavily favored and we lost that Super Bowl to a Peyton Manning that was half the man he used to be. Um, anyway, offensive line has always been an issue. 2003, when we went to the Super Bowl, we had a pretty solid one. But everybody was on roids back then, so 
you could go look that up. Even our punter was on roids. Everybody was on roids. And, but it was a great game. One of the best games of all time in 2003 at the time, as far as back and forth, very slow in the first half and blew it up in the second half. But as of the culture right now in the Panthers, it is, we can't get off the field on third down. We can't protect uh, the quarterback and we're getting second uh, tier quarterbacks thinking they're going to be our fucking savior and they're suddenly going to become Tom Brady because they're in a different environment. It's just not reality. Um, I don't expect much from the Panthers this year other than the fact that we're in a weak-ass division and we'll have a decent record and people will probably soak it up and uh, I'll be rooting for them, but I'm a realist. And the real thing I see on the field is nothing's changed from last year, really, other than we got some more talent on defense. Offensively, we're still going to struggle. Defensively, we, we may get it together in the second half of the year. As you guys know, as you watch these games, defensive, defensively, you get better and better, and you hope to peak in the playoffs as Tampa Bay did and go all the way to the Super Bowl. But if you got a quarterback who can't, who's dancing in the pocket about to shit himself, you can't throw the ball downfield. And so all the defense is going to key on that, and they're going to play up in the box, and that's going to shut down your run. And when you shut down the run in the playoffs and your defense is exhausted, you're going to lose. So for me, the difference between a good team and a, a team that's really competitive are the teams that can actually win a playoff game. So for us, we're not going to be competitive. Uh, what else did you see? This uh, I know I rattled rattled off a whole lot here. What else did you see, Philip? Well, I actually have a few questions for you uh, about the uh, Panthers here. So I know uh, CMC is down there. He's a, a playmaker. He's good to lean on. Um, as you said, um, not a power back though. Um, was there anybody in free agency that you uh, wanted the Panthers to go after um, that would fill that role that you saw? Well, I really wanted us to retain the guy we already had. He already knew the system. He he filled in for CMC. He, I thought he had a great year. I mean, there's a difference in running backs. You know, you got the finesse, and that's CMC. Does he have a little power? Sure, he has a little power for a little guy. Uh, you know, Warwick Dunn, back in the day, he, he may have had a little power too, but you think of him as a finesse guy. Uh, Mike Allstott was y'all's power. And I love that one-two combination. And that's what I wanted. I thought we had it. And to let him slip away, I don't know what kind of contract he signed or whatever, but I wanted to retain what we had. I didn't really look elsewhere in what kind of power back we, we, we could get, to be honest. But I just felt like CMC is going to, you know, when you watch the announcers, they maybe, maybe it'll happen but I don't believe it. They act like they're going to have uh, both those guys in the backfield at the same time. And you're not going to know who to key on. I think that's bullshit. I think they're feeding you shit. It's going to be CMC in the backfield in a single back set for majority of the year. And he's going to carry the load and he alone is going to win us four games. That's, that's realistically what he's going to do. Uh, but if he had a true counterpart that brought up that power end of it, how much better could we be? We could be better on that third and one. I, I, I mean, is he going to do good on a few third and ones? Sure. But that 
that fourth and one on the one yard line when you need the touchdown, like two years ago, he had two opportunities. They swing it around the outside and he can't get in. I love CMC. I love his work ethic, everything. But the way to go is to blast them right up the middle and show your power or a Tom Brady, who is the greatest quarterback sneaker of all time. You cannot stop that man from one yard away. You got to have those kind of elements to get you the few inches, no matter what, that nobody can stop. And that's what a power back or a great quarterback sneaker will do for you. I don't think we have that on our team, and it's lacking. We should have just retained what we already had, my opinion. Uh, absolutely. You know, every, every team I feel needs that power back. You know, um, LeGarrette Blunt comes to mind. Like, he is a yep. great uh, back for that. Um, even Marshawn Lynch, uh, I know he yep. was able to uh, make people miss. And, uh, you know, he was pretty good in the uh, open field as well. But, uh, you know, he ran pretty hard too, right? Um, and uh, so getting away from the running backs here, uh, similar question for the quarterback. Uh, obviously, I think I know how you feel about Sam Darnold at this point. Uh, would you rather keep going with Teddy Bridgewater or would you want to uh, give somebody else a shot? I think, I, think, I think a lot of great quarterbacks came out of the draft. I think what we did was we thought we were going to get uh, Deshaun Watson. And I, I think we had a good feel. It was a, a lot of stuff in the news that we were going to make some trade and get Deshaun Watson. And then all of a sudden, those sexual allegations came out, and we were like, oh, shit. And maybe we backed off. A lot of teams backed off. And then it was – you know, it was trade up in the draft. I think, I think three really good quarterbacks came out of the draft and we could not get up there and get one of them, which is unfortunate. That's what I would have preferred. I would have preferred, I don't know what we're, I'd have to look. And before the next podcast, I'm going to look at what we're paying Sam Darnold, uh, Donald, whatever. And, and, and all that, but I know we paid Teddy Bridgewater a lot to come. We're still paying him this year. Okay. It's not as though we trade him away and he's not on our salary. He is. Um, so what the, What was the point of getting rid of him and bringing in Sam as some savior? We, we'll see. I don't see it happening. But I think we improved on defense. We could have stuck with Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater. We could have taken his feedback like a man when he says, hey, we're not practicing two minutes. We're not practicing this. Listen to him. And say, okay, Teddy, this year, let, let's make those adjustments and let's try to be better. And let's see where we got. And if nothing else, we're at least saving some money, are we not? Are we, we're paying another guy on another team. It just, logically, I can't, I can't figure it out. And if we sucked again this year, guess what? We get a high draft pick. Maybe we make that trade uh, up in the draft and get somebody good. But I don't know. Carolina also struggles. This is a big thing uh, of developing quarterbacks. We had Kerry Collins back in the day that, you know, he went but so far and we let him go. Kerry Collins, for me, when I watched him play, he was notorious for throwing a pick in the red zone. Uh, that was his big deal. But he had a great year with the Giants later in his career. Uh, and then Cam Newton, which – I, I don't know. We, we could go in an hour-long conversation about Cam Newton. Could we have went this way? Could we have went that way? Uh, who knows? But uh, 
that whole thing fell apart. That was an MVP. Okay, MVP of the league. And he's gone playing for the Patriots now. What happened there? Um, so I can't really think of a quarterback. Uh, you know, we had uh, Jimmy Clausen. I suffered through the Jimmy Clausen years, which was like one or two years. I think it was one. It was awful. I think we won two games. But he was a high draft pick with Notre Dame that we spent. We could not develop him. Uh, he was undersized, and he sucked from day one. Was that his fault or was that our fault? I'm starting to wonder, as I've been a Carolina Panther fan from years, uh, when you think about when we had success way back in the day, Rodney Pete, who was a backup, I believe, to Randall Cunningham in Philadelphia, he did great work for us. Um, uh, Steve Berline, I can't remember who he was a backup for. It may have been out in the 49ers. He may have been a backup to Steve Young. I can't remember. But he had great success for us. Uh, Jake DeLome, who was a nobody pretty much, and we got him, and he had great success for us. We have not really been able to draft a quarterback, develop him, and be an elite team uh, other than Cam Newton, who took us to the Super Bowl, and now he's gone. So what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? That's my question. Let's yeah. do what Sam does. Not only is Cam Newton gone and at uh, playing for the Patriots now, he's looking pretty good so far. I'm not sure if you've seen any of his highlights. Um, I've seen a few of his throws in the previous um, Patriots uh, preseason game this week, and uh, he's looking pretty good. He was throwing uh, a couple bombs down the field, uh, making some good decisions. There was uh, one pass that I thought he was going to take, and I thought for sure it was going to be an interception, but uh, he held on to the ball somehow after yanking his arm forward. He kept that ball in his hand. And it was basically just like a really hard pump fake. And uh, he threw the ball to somebody else completion for, you know, a few yards there. So some good decision-making um, on Cam Newton's part in that game. Um, so he's probably going to be doing pretty good there. Um, better than Sam Darnold. I don't know. Um, we're going to, we're going to see uh, what check down Darnold can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's gonna what the future holds for Cam Newton, but it was it was bittersweet to see him go. I'll, I'll tell you that um, he no he definitely puts in the work, and he says the right. You know you know what they gave him a lot of shit after the Super Bowl when he walked off. You know, but for me, I sat there and I watched it, and you you put yourself in his shoes, and you're seeing you're hearing somebody behind you that's on the other team, the winning team, get asked questions and being, you know, very happy and positive. And you're hearing everything in the background and you've put all your eggs into winning this. You've worked so fucking hard and you got somebody with a microphone in front of you who's asking you some bullshit questions. You're hearing this shit in the back of your head. I never, I never thought less of him for walking away in that situation. Uh, I could understand how you could be so furious when you put that much work into something, you come up short, you're the heavy favorite and you got rocked all game long by Vaughn Miller. And you got somebody behind you uh, that's so excited to be a Super Bowl champion. And uh, yeah. So was I the biggest fan in the world of Cam Newton? No, but I could not give him no credit. The man worked hard. 
he he was evolving. He he suffered a lot of injuries, but he was still very young. So I still question that decision. And we'll see what he does up there uh, with in New England. Everybody knows I hate Bill Belichick. I think he sucks. I think it's bullshit that he's got the crown as the greatest coach. Uh, he got that crown because of Tom Brady and Tom Brady's work ethic and Tom Brady's leadership. Um, they might have won, you know, the first two or three, maybe from Bill Belichick's experience. But everything after that was Tom Brady leaving that leading that crew. The game changed. Tom Brady led it. First one in there, set the set the tone for the entire team, um, and you know they went on to win what three more while he was there. So, uh, to, to you know, you know when we talk coaching, okay, Philip, if you're gonna crown a coach, who's your you know top two or three coaches of all time? Who do you have a number one coach you could you could throw out there? Is it gonna be Belichick? So, obviously, last year, you know, Tom Brady kind of proved that, you know, not everything was Bill Belichick, right? You know, Tom Brady won yeah. the Super Bowl. Belichick didn't even make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, so, there's that. On the flip side of that, you know, I don't think you could discredit Bill Belichick for, you know, everything that they won in their 20-year, you know, dynasty um maybe last year was just a fluke you maybe it was just one of those off years you know um but i don't really have a uh like a head coach that i would crown at all everybody has different situations everybody has you know um different teams to run around with i think tony dungy is actually a really good coach. Um, and not only that, uh, he, not only did he, you know, go to the Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts and win that, but he produced a lot of head coaches as well. Um, Mike Tomlin, you have uh, Bruce Arians as well. Like you have all these head coaches that are at one point coached under, Tony Dungy. So that might be uh, my name that I'm throwing out there to answer that question. Um, but I could probably make an argument for a few more. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And this is what you have to factor into that too. Bill Belichick is also the GM. I mean, that's, that's supreme power. Um, and the fact they were in that situation last year, that's on Bill Belichick. The fact they had a really shitty team, that's Bill Belichick. The fact that uh, Bill Belichick wanted to trade Tom Brady uh, to the 49ers or whoever to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and what did Tom Brady do? He went out there and won a fucking Super Bowl right after that. Uh, Bill Belichick is not the GOAT. For me, uh, it, it is hard to say this is the crown, but for me, Bill Parcells definitely goes above him. If you look at what he did with the Patriots, you look at what he he got pissed off with the Patriots, went to the Jets, started drafting players over and made the Jets competitive. Uh, uh, the Cowboys, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, Jeff Hostetler. Who does that? So two rings in New York, and one of them was with a backup quarterback. 
you know, obviously the defense was outstanding there, but he still orchestrated that. And I believe at the time he, he played, he had both hats as well. He had coach and GM. Um, but yeah, Bill Belichick, for sure. He has a lot of rings. Yes. He's a good coach, but there's just something about him. I hate that fucking bastard. He just, he gets way too much credit, way too much credit for what they do there. To me, a quarterback, uh, you know, a coach, a coach is maybe 20% of your winning. Um, it can go either way. You've got a bad coach, 20% less. You got a good coach, 20% more. You add GM to it and that's 20% more power. So at the most coaching GM, 40%, your players still have to win the game. And that's 60%, no doubt. And, uh, they, they just give Bill Belichick way too much credit. Tom Brady did a whole lot, whole lot to make them uh, winners. And Patriots for a long time prior to Bill Parcells were a laughing joke of the league. Um, and it, it got turned around in the right direction. Bill Belichick came in there and just got really fucking lucky with a, what, a six-round draft pick in Tom Brady? And had Drew Bledsoe got injured and he steps in and leaves the team? Come on, man. There's a lot of luck involved in that. So as far as coaching goes, yeah, I'm with you. With Tony Dungy was just consistent and just said the right words. And he carried himself so well, even through getting basically traded out of Tampa Bay, even though they were consistently competitive. They were consistently on the cusp. And he goes to the Colts wins his ring and Chucky goes out of the Raiders, goes down to Tampa Bay and wins his ring. So it was a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. And I do feel like part of the reason why the Patriots didn't make the playoffs last year was due to the fact that they didn't have, obviously they didn't have Tom Brady there, but they didn't have the Tom Brady discount either you know obviously just having tom brady on your team um it brings other you know starter caliber players to that team at a discounted rate um and i think bill belichick was used to that he probably you know had it in his mind that okay you know we're losing these players this offseason we're going to get a handful of these players who will want to come to the patriots and play uh for me at this point, right? And I don't think it happened. It didn't happen the way that he was planning on it. He didn't, you know, foresee the uh, really those players that would go there um, costing as much as they did, in my opinion, which that really kind of bit him in the ass uh, last season. And I think he realized that and he made the change this season here because they had a lot of good pickups this offseason. They had a lot of good pickups this offseason, and he paid them the money. And you know what he's not also getting a discount on? Those fucking free agents that were coming there to play with Tom Brady. He was getting a discount on those as well. I mean, the environment that Bill Belichick creates there is a miserable, old-school, grinded-out fucking environment. If you go back and you watch some – you can YouTube it, uh, any Bill Belichick stuff where – I think there's one where uh, Wes Welker is on the sidelines and Bill Belichick uh, 
it's 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 in like a preseason game or something, and somebody Wes Welker was normally the punt returner, and uh, this other guy does a good punt return. And he goes to Wes Welker. He says, hell of a punt return right there. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, and Bill Belichick kind of says, he might be the starter. And he's like, well, yeah, he's doing good. And Bill Belichick says, way to compete, Wes. Way to compete. What the fuck kind of shit is that? And that's who Bill Belichick is. Um, He's just an asshole. Maybe he's softened up over the years, but – Nobody wants to go play there for Bill Belichick's environment that he creates. They went there because Tom Brady gave him a chance to win a Super Bowl every single fucking year. So now there's no Tom Brady there. There's, hey, there's a Cam Newton. Hey, there's a rookie there, uh, Bill Belichick. But do you want to live like that? In the age of social media and the way players are now, who wants to live like that? I mean, again, players are human beings. You know, you may play in the year, the the league for 10 years. That's what you got at at best. That's when you're a good player. You want to spend three or four of those under Bill Belichick's rule for what? For what? I'd rather go play with Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather go play with Tom Brady and have a good time, have some fun, and have an opportunity to win. Um, And, you know, again, as I spoke in the last one about, Aaron Rodgers really coming out and saying he wanted to be a little bit more like Tom Brady as far as bringing those free agents in, and he wasn't given any kind of communication or opportunity to do by his franchise there in Green Bay. That's a big part of why he wants to leave. I'm I'm anxious to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do this year, which I expect to be good, but I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with another team. I'm really excited to see if we're going to see the same thing we saw with Tom Brady last year when Aaron Rodgers leaves. What team is going to get him? How hot that's going to be a hot topic. Everybody thinks this, 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 this. And then he ends up going somewhere nobody really had at the top. Tampa Bay was not at the top. They were thinking Raiders, Chargers, whoever else. I forget all the teams. And he goes to Tampa Bay. He picks the right spot. He's got a coach with him. He brings in Antonio Brown. He brings in Gronkowski, and they fucking win. It was a beautiful thing to see last year, and it was a it was a fucking thumb in the eye of every fucking hardcore asshole coach out there that kind of says, you know what, the fucking players win the game, and I love it. I love it. Philip, tell me this: uh, you said a little something about Seattle while we were warming up. What did you see in Seattle? The in the uh, in the game there well like the panthers and the buccaneers uh the seahawks were another team that just you know scored three points in the preseason game there um and they didn't start russell wilson i'm not sure how many of their starters they did put into the game if any at all um but uh you know i'm looking at some of their highlights here and you know i'm seeing a lot of turnovers um it looks like they had a an interception here a fumble here a bunch of turnovers on downs later in the game but that's some fourth quarter bs um you know it doesn't look like they have a decent amount of depth um much like you know what i was kind of seeing from 
that Tampa Bay game for the Seahawks. Um, or I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay game uh, this week against Tennessee. Um, you know, as far as the depth that we put on the field, they didn't it didn't translate to any points really. And it looked to be the same for the Seahawks there. So with that, I'm kind of foreseeing San Francisco to kind of lead the division there, to be completely honest with you. Um, but, you know, I am kind of glad that the Broncos seem to be doing fairly well um, because maybe they'll bring the chiefs down a notch or, you know, give them a run for their money um, or as close to it. I actually wanted, you brought up Aaron Rodgers. I actually wanted Aaron Rodgers to go to the Broncos specifically for that reason. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, I'm kind of hoping it happens this next year um, because I'm tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes' face, to be completely honest with you. There's just something about it I don't like. He's very cocky, um, and I could do without him. Wow. Um, I, I, I can see how you can see that, but – for me personally, Patrick Mahomes, I view him as a rather humble guy. Um, so, wow, two different perspectives there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is great, <laughs> um, but he's loaded. He's loaded on offense, so it's kind of easy for him now. But that contract that he signed has got to kick in sooner or later, and they're going to have to have some payroll issues there coming up. Uh, he may very well be backloaded on that huge contract he signed. So this may very well be the, I don't know, I don't want to say last year, but for the foreseeable future, he has a good shot this year. We'll see how it goes forward. You're going to have to constantly have young rookie running backs and young wide receivers that are on their rookie contract. You're still going to have to pay decent for a reasonable offensive line and and defensive starters uh i don't know how they maintain that long term but he's exciting to watch right behind kyler murray i love watching kyler murray i don't know why i didn't know anything about kyler murray prior but just in actually watching the games and watching that guy move he's like lightning and he slings the ball it's it's like a smaller version of michael vick to me when I see Kyler Murray. I really enjoy watching him play, um, even though I have very little interest in the Cardinals. I did have interest in the Cardinals. Um, Do you remember the quarterback? Who was the – Kurt Warner. I was always a friend of Kurt Warner, and he made the Cardinals relevant, and they damn near won a Super Bowl against the Steelers. That was a great uh, game. It was a great game. That was actually my favorite Super Bowl to watch is the Steelers-Cardinals uh, game. Just because that fourth quarter, they were just going back and forth and back and forth. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. My wife is a huge fan of Kurt Warner. That's her favorite quarterback of all time. And to hear his story, even back when he was with St. Louis, and you know, going from stocking groceries at a grocery store to a starting quarterback to Super Bowl winning, uh, and, 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 you know, amazing Kurt Warner story. Just his whole career was – unbelievable and they damn damn sure almost won that super bowl if it wasn't for that plexico burris catch i believe or or no 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 was it santonio holmes uh in the corner of the end zone that won that one i believe uh at the very end uh that was a great great super bowl i would agree but uh 
Kyler Murray, I like watching him. Patrick Mahomes, a fantastic quarterback. He's already won a ring. How many more is he going to win in his long career? Who knows? But I doubt he's going to get seven. I doubt he's going to surpass Brady. Nobody, because that's the GOAT. Um, Aaron Rodgers, what he's going to do, he's going to go to another team. He's going to win a Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. Um, and I'm anxious to see that. As far as any team, I mean, over there in the NFC West, it's loaded. Like, I really am anxious to see what Matthew Stafford can do with that Rams team. Everybody is talking about how their number one running back went down. And so, oh, that's it. But I still kind of hold out hope that the Seattle Seahawks, for me, um, I, I, I don't know. I love their two receivers. Uh, their two receivers are great. Russell Wilson, great. Their running game, Carson, I that, that's another power runner. When you talk about somebody that finishes the run, when he gets hit, he's still going to move one or two yards forward. I love it. But where's their defense? The Legion of Boom is gone. I, I don't think they've rebuilt it. And that's what they need in order to really be competitive in winning two or three playoff games and making it to the Super Bowl. They don't have it. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. They got a lot of competition in that division. It's a very exciting division to watch. Um, because then again, the Cardinals, who knows? Kyler Murray may do some magic. He did some magic last year to make him competitive. Does he get better year after year? It's a very interesting division to watch. Um, any teams that stick out to you that may very well surprise some people this year, uh, Philip? So I'm actually thinking that another young quarterback here is going to very well make this team competitive, and that is – the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert is a great quarterback. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, and I liked what he did last year. Um, so I think the Chargers are going to be one of those teams. Um, I can tell you one team that is not going to do well. And that's, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody, the Jaguars. Um, I think, uh, you know, Urban Meyer is going to get a not so warm welcome into the NFL um, coming from over to college. But uh, yeah, I think the Chargers are going to be one of those teams that kind of not necessarily surprises people. I don't think it's uh, shocking at all that they're going to be a competitive team, but I think they're going to make a pretty good run in the playoffs. And you mentioned uh, <laughs> that uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of a humble guy. He is. In his interviews, he's a nice guy. I just don't like when Tampa Bay played them during the regular season last year there was a particular play. I think it was JPP was running off the side and he pushed Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think as he was throwing the ball and it was, I want to say on third down, Patrick Mahomes went down. It looked like a clean hit to me, but then in slow motion, um, obviously, you know, you see JPP's like three fingers. Forgive me on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, hits uh, Patrick Mahomes' helmet. It didn't. He, he didn't even flinch. Patrick Mahomes didn't even flinch. But after uh, he got up, you know, he's sitting there tapping his helmet and just with this cocky look on his face. And what do you know? They throw a flag for it. 
like and it, they get the first down because of it like that play just makes me not like him it really does i think it's that play in particular <laughs> philip let me cut it to you straight here you're on the podcast and we are friends but that's the exact same stuff tom brady would do and that's about winning and uh i i yeah yeah i i <laughs> that, that sounded like – you know how many rules have been enacted because of Tom Brady? Uh, the, 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 the low hit in the pocket was the Tom Brady rule when yeah. he hurt his knee, knee and he was out for that year. It was just because – you know how many quarterbacks got hit in the knee prior to that and they never made a fucking rule? The Tom Brady gets injured and he's out for a year. Suddenly, there's a fucking rule about it. <laughs> listen, listen, I get that. Absolutely. I get that that – is probably a rule because of Tom Brady. However, Patrick Mahomes is not the quarterback for Tampa Bay, which is my favorite team. Tom Brady is. So fuck Patrick Mahomes. Valid point. And you are, you are fully entitled to that opinion. 100%. Um, damn. Uh, yeah. I, uh, Herbert, when you bring up Herbert, you know, you know, who Herbert reminds me of fucking Tom Brady. Does he not? Yeah, a lot I mean, of people were making that connection last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. For me, it could be there. We'll see where it goes from here. And I think nobody knows what the Chargers did in the offseason or drafted or anything. And they're everybody's high on the Chargers just because of what they saw out of Herbert his rookie year, which is fine. Uh, uh, wh- wh- what's Joe Burrow going to do? Anybody talking about Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Chargers? Fuck no, they ain't. They're talking about Herbert, and for good reason. Uh, as, as for as for me, uh, teams that'll surprise, I still think the the Rams are overlooked. The 49ers are probably overlooked just because I, I think they have the greatest defensive end in football and a hardcore defensive end in Bosa changes games. It just fucking changes games when you literally every single play, you got three seconds to get rid of that ball. And if they can do anything offensively, running game, they, they got a good running game. Uh, Garoppolo, he's solid. And they got a rookie that's pretty damn good as well. I was very impressed. So I can see the 40 Dodgers winning that division just as easily. Uh, as we talked previously, three teams potentially from the NFC West may make the playoffs. And I think three teams could be competitive, competitive in the NFC division as far as competing for a super bowl um but yeah man i'm i'm excited i'm excited for next week to see some fucking starters for a change and i'm excited for the season to start what else you got philip so you said uh you kind of brought up a point that i said last week here about three teams from the nfc west uh going into playoffs i actually think if you ignore the divisional games, I think that all four teams from the NFC West will have um, similar wins and losses. I think whoever gets into the playoffs is going to be uh, the difference is going to be in the divisional games, uh, which is why I only think that three teams actually make it in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue that at all. I mean, uh, NFC South is pretty damn weak other than Tampa Bay. Uh, Panthers are going to win four or five games just because of Christian McCaffrey. 
Their defense is still young. We're, we're growing. I, I don't mean to be overly negative, uh, but we're going to have to address quarterback and the offensive line sooner or fucking later uh, to really be competitive. We had an MVP quarterback at one point in time. Uh, when we addressed the left tackle by getting the blind side, uh, we, we went to a Super Bowl. Okay. That's, that's, that's real talk. Uh, and we saw what happened after that. And I, I, I don't know, NFC wise, NFC East is a shit show. Uh, I still expect the giants to be way better. If, if Jones can get it together up there, um, uh, what what else we got, Philip, in the NFC? What else is going on? I don't think a whole lot. I think you pretty much uh, summarized the divisions there for the most part. Um, you know, the NFC East, I feel, is a crapshoot between, you know, three teams and a nameless team. Um, but, the, I mean, if, if for all I know, the uh, Washington football team can very well win the uh, division again, um, just from their defense. And then hopefully if they play Tampa Bay in the playoffs again, uh, hopefully they are not the hardest team for Tampa Bay to beat in the playoffs. I'd prefer not seeing that again. Um, but, uh, yeah. So what do you got, John? Yeah, that was a crazy game. And I I will have to say this and I'll continue this. We'll see how it goes. Fitzpatrick. I'm very excited to see him on Washington. I'm very excited he did not retire. They gave him an opportunity to start. The Dolphins absolutely fucked him, and the Dolphins have fucked themselves by fucking him because Tua is the worst second-year quarterback of all the fucking quarterbacks. He ain't going to do shit, okay? Uh, Fitzpatrick is late in the years. Historically, he's going to give you six outstanding fucking games where he's going to throw for four or five touchdowns. He's also going to give you four or five games where he throws for four or five fucking interceptions. But I love it. I'm a fan of Fitzpatrick. I can't help it. I don't know why. Um, it's got to be a swagger. He, he just swagger, he carries man. himself so fucking well. And yeah, and he's from like Harvard or some fucking high end, high intelligence uh college and uh, you remember the interview where he's got the chains on and shit and he's just oh, oh absolutely God. that was when he played yeah. for tampa bay absolutely he uh oh. definitely lit it up that game came over to uh the press conference with a bunch, bunch of chains on sunglasses uh that was an amazing press conference i miss having fitzpatrick uh in tampa bay i wish he could be tom brady's backup just because um, but I am definitely there with you. He is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, so I have to kind of root for Washington in that division, even though I think the Giants are going to be pretty strong, but I have to root. And then you got Ron Rivera, and I don't know if Taylor Heineke is going to be his backup or not, but that's who I think who, who lit you guys up in the playoffs. And Taylor Heineke was of course a backup in Carolina and that kid really fights he really works he doesn't have all the physical attributes that you know he's not six foot four uh uh, Tom Brady or whatever but the man works and I I, I'm a fan of uh, both those quarterbacks yes so I have to be a little bit of a fan of still Washington this year to see what they can do 
you know, I expect Green Bay to be the most competitive in the NFC other than Tampa Bay for the year. Um, and, and that's pretty much it for the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we jump over to Wayne here, um, you know, I knew going into that Tampa Bay Washington game that that was going to be a rough game because Tampa Bay has historically really, really bad luck when it comes to backup quarterbacks and quarterbacks that have yet to throw a single game or a single throw in the NFL. And that was pretty much uh, Taylor Heineke going into that. So I was uh, pretty worried there, um, but I'm glad that we pulled that one out. But I hope he has a really good career. I know just based off of that game alone, he basically got a second chance in Washington. What do you got, Wayne? I, I'm a big fan of uh, of uh, Tampa Bay, and I think I think uh, I think uh, they're going to be pretty good in the NFC again this year. I think they're going to run the table. Hello? I like that type of thought. I like that type of thinking, Wayne. <laughs> Wayne, what would you what'd you like about the Ravens in the preseason there? They, they, I, I spoke earlier about how y'all basically smoked our ass. We couldn't get off the field off third down, which is normal for the Carolina Panthers. And our starting quarterback only threw two passes. We're hiding his ass because he fucking blows donkey nuts. But uh, what you, would you like? Well, the fact that it's a third-string quarterback that did that to you guys was pretty good. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I like that. And, again, it's preseason. You know how I feel about preseason. I think it's a waste uh, still. But, uh, yeah, I was a big fan. I love beating Carolina. <laughs> so, who, who's the surprise team, Wayne? Who's the surprise team this year? in the NFL that's going to suck last year and who's going to be good this year? Surprise team that sucked last year is going to be good this year? I think the Bengals are going to be the surprise team. You know, I think that extra wild card spot, they could shock somebody, you know? I don't want to go with the Chargers because I think the Chargers right on the cuffs as it is. So I'm not going to go with that. And I know how much you want that guy's, that quarterback's dick right now, Tom. But uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals, you know? You know, I think the Bengals are going to make some noise. Joe Burrow is a fucking elite quarterback, you know? And you know me, being a Ravens fan, I know about elite quarterbacks. Yeah, well, all I know is you're pumping up that division so that you can, you can count that as a quality win. That's what I, I know you're doing. Well, we all can't play the NFC East every year like we did last year. He's got to put somebody else in the Browns' place. That's what it is, John. That's what it is. That's what it is. You gotta say, well, we know we know the Browns are good, and uh, I already talked about how good Cincinnati's supposed to be. So yeah, uh, Ravens got the toughest division in football. Well, I said the Steers was gonna suck, did I not? They are the gonna Steers? suck. No, and the I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know why Big Ben came back this year. I don't even know. It's just to collect a paycheck, I guess. That's it. He don't need no more ring. He's in the Hall of Fame. All right, Wayne, You get, what, what else you got? We're about to close out here. Thanks for uh, coming in here at the end. Well, you got anything big that you saw from uh, week two of the preseason? Uh, week two of the preseason? 
I watch the Ravens highlights. That's all I watch. So I don't know anything that happened on preseason because I don't give a fuck about preseason. It means nothing to me. I just I worry about the next day when I'm looking at injuries and see what happens there. That's the only thing that matters to me. I think we got good running backs on our backup running backs, two running backs that ain't going to make the team, you know, that ran all over you guys. But that's another story. So and our kicker. Our, our backup kicker is going to be probably a kicker somewhere in the league. He had three field goals yesterday. He'll end up making a team somewhere else. But, again, he's not a Raven, so fuck him. I don't care. So, is uh, is Lamar Jackson going to start uh, for uh, preseason game three? No. Why the fuck would you do that? Let him rest. Does he need to show anything? Maybe a, a, uh, maybe a snap? Maybe? <laughs> or four snaps? You know, what the fuck's the point? We know what he's going to do. It's all vanilla. Preseason vanilla. What are you going to do? Bring out the wildcat or something for him and let him get hurt? Like fucking uh, fucking uh, Michael Vick got hurt against the Ravens in the preseason? Why the fuck will you risk that? He's a uh, no fucking way. That's stupid. All right. There you have it. Philip. you got any wrap-up thoughts? I'm thinking that uh, if – Lamar Jackson doesn't play in this next game for the Ravens. I think they're going to have a slow start. Oh, okay. He's got, he's got to get them really big. Got to get them legs going because that's a uh, that's a running back playing a quarterback. So he's got to get his legs in shape. Is that what you're saying, Philip? I feel like uh, everything is uh, in jeopardy at that point. I feel like he's not going to be on the right tempo with the rest of the team. Um, so I don't uh, think it's really going to work out too well for the Ravens if they don't really play him in the next preseason game. All right. Well, that's that. Uh, so we got, we got Wayne. He's high on the Ravens. They're, uh, they're going all the way to the Super Bowl, as he stated before, that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to change his number to number one after winning the Super Bowl. We got Phillip, who is irritated with so far what he's seen in the preseason from the Tampa Bay, but he has not seen the man, Tom Brady. Um, so we'll see. They're going to hold him. And me personally, I'm seeing the same fucking bullshit that we saw last year from the Carolina Panthers. And luckily the division got a little weaker with Drew Brees gone and with Julio Jones gone that we may very well finish second. However, it's going to be very hard for us to make the playoffs with the NFC West being so good this year that's going to wrap it us wrap it up for us here at football ramblings join us next week when maybe we see a few more starters take the field thanks guys for listening see you next week see you next week